All right. Um, well, I guess that means the podcast is going. We're going. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna hit you with the vine. There's only one race: the human race. What about NASCAR? I love Left at London. <laughs> well, it it it's true. We're here on a bonus episode to learn about NASCAR. 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 And we got Victoria Scott back on to help us. Victoria, how's it going? It's going well. I'm coming to you live from sunny, freezing cold Reno, Nevada. It's great. Ah, delightful. I I I finally don't live in Texas, which is awesome. I don't I don't think of like Reno as being like a a cold place off the top of my head. But I think the city itself is at like five thousand feet. Oh wow. Forty five hundred feet. So it's it's pretty cold high desert. Is slide six the Kodiak car right next to the Hooters car right next to the Coors Miller cars? <laughs> we'll get there. We got all the good stuff. We will get there. I, I did try to provide some of my own photography for these slides because I went to the NASCAR museum last Which year. It's fantastic. actually really cool. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the thing, right? Justin is dying. Unfortunately, uh, if not dead already. We yeah. have to extract uh, I, as many podcasts from him as possible. Yeah, yeah. I know nothing about NASCAR, and so it's down to Victoria and Liam to mm-hmm. save the podcast in its Whoa. darkest hour. Whoa, yes. boy. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, mm-hmm. the, hopefully, the, the, I don't. I hope they don't fucking completely ruin this. I already Listen. put in like four slides of hyperfocus about the cars specifically. Slide so one, and the first one that I made is Corey LaJoy's face car, where he just has the the hood have his face on it in like sort of photorealistic detail. So that's the sort of intellectual level that I'm operating at on it's this. Sim- similar to the film Cars, actually. <laughs> Absolutely, he he is Lightning McQueen. He's but also in real a, life. for some reason. Owen Wilson uses him like a puppet. That's true. That is true. So, so what do you think when you think about NASCAR? I know um, for me, it's near, 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 near. When you love left that. turns so much, you refuse to invent a right turn. Stop it! Uh, I, a, a sophisticated individual, unfortunately, think of the car of tomorrow, which really uh, NASCAR. <laughs> Which we d- I did actually put in a slide about because I'm, I'm not sold car. on it yet. Oh, you mean that? No, that was the was that was that the car of we have the car of tomorrow now. That was the that was this like safer car. Yeah, uh, safer I gotta look at my bad. own. Yeah, it, I mean, in this case, it actually was. Uh, when I think of NASCAR, I think of being four or five years old and playing with Hot Wheels on a black oval shaped rug in front of the television, watching the race. Like this Ooh. is. Wow. For as for as ironically detached as I was from F one, NASCAR is genuinely like this has been my thing since I was a little child. I have uh, I, I have a genuine love for this sport, and it's frustrating how poorly it's gone in recent decades. You, you missed out on the real move, which is. <laughs> we have to bleep that. We uh, you you missed out on the real move, which is the 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 playmat that looks like a little town with the oh, roads I had that and too. stuff. That's yeah, the real move, yeah, as far as Victoria, I'm concerned. In, in Victoria's case, the cars and everything else was just drifting through town. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> no, I didn't get into Japanese cars until later because I grew up in a little town, West Virginia, and it was pretty clear that imports were for gays. Mm. Oh, which is of course like, now why you like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I grew up wanting like a '57 Chevy when I was six years old, which is a depressing nice. way to be a child. But nice. you know, so my dad had a '53 Bel Air he bought for twelve dollars. Uh, yeah, that, honestly, I I would, I fucking would. And then holes in the floor, lots of them. Still uh, would. Yeah, Super Ligaria. <laughs> <laughs> So it makes it easier to go ice fishing that way. That's right. You don't even have to get out of the thing. That's what my dad is good at. (laughs) Off-road in it, you can, like, shovel your way out without having to get out if you get stuck. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So what is NASCAR, is my question, and how did NASCAR start? To which, next slide, please. We have to go back in time. Is Is that my cue, or...? (laughs) <laughs> am I am I running this or what? I, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I, I, listen, know. listen. I think you are, but I think also I wrote some slides. But I say wrote, I mean I found a picture and I put in two sentences. I right. kind of figured Liam would fill in the rest, like uh, his general knowledge. Yeah, I I I will do my best. Uh, in case you're wondering why Liam didn't write these slides, because Liam's been through some shit in the last couple weeks. Yeah, so, sorry uh, to hear about that, Liam. Yeah, I. Uh, I will not be talking about it at this time, but I appreciate the thoughts and concerns. And I can't wait to talk about the Gen 4 cars. Uh, and I, because I love the like, everything is deforming because it's made of rubber because we're cheating. Mm. Yes. So why yeah. do we no, have, I have some a picture cars of, on a beach? I know you do. And it's a great picture. The top down one. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I'll, I, I did this one, so I'll just go into it real quick. Um, NASCAR stands for the National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. Uh, the whole thing was started in the in the post um, post war years. I think it began in forty eight. I think I have that on a, a future slide. But um, basically, the the initial the initial urge was just people who were they were organizing all of these small races kind of throughout the South. And why are they doing that? It's because they hated the cops. Yes. <laughs> yeah. the, these are rum runners and bootleggers. Oh yeah, but, Junior Johnson, who was like one of the first champions, like was so good at bootlegging that everyone knew he did it and he never went to jail for it. He went to jail for like IRS shit. He didn't go to jail for the Capone thing. <laughs> they totally did. But he never went to jail for bootlegging because he was so goddamn good at it. But yeah, so that started off like there were all of these informal races happening and people would routinely get screwed over when they would compete. You know, the sponsors would leave with the purse money or, you know, the spectators would get screwed out of the... <laughs> you're, spe- spectators- you're sponsored by like shady gyms. <laughs> <scrap yard>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they standardized all of the rules and the initial racing was literally just like dirt tracks and cars you could buy. Like they didn't have... Like this photo is from, I think, the early 50s at Daytona Beach which they literally just raced on the beach. And I'm pretty sure at the time of this photo, they didn't have roll cages or anything. It was literally no. just like, yeah, go buy a car, drive it. Paint a number it. on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then just go nuts. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I'd like to note too, is like nowadays we've moved into a more modern era where the cars are not stock cars. Obviously they're, they're purpose-built tube chassis vehicles. Um, yeah, but they all have to follow this. Cause there's they, no like S. <laughs> <laughs> they all have to follow the same formula to uh build Bruh, these new brand which, cars. Is, which no. is annoying it is annoying i i I, it I, is. See, I I see what you're doing and i'm gonna but, preempt you no 
it, what I'm saying here is that NASCAR is not only similar to Formula One, it's also better. That's that's not that's not that's not the case. I've been on both episodes. I can say this: NASCAR is way cooler than F1. F1, if the cars touch each other, F1, if the cars touch each other, they explode into a shrapnel of like a four trillion pieces, and so no, everyone's too scared to pass. And the only way that passing does happen is when Toto calls up the the race control guys, and he's like, "Hey, fix the race," because I don't like the results. And in NASCAR, they, there were there were people whose careers were made based on shoving people out of their way with the front end of their car, which is absolutely king shit. I have a whole slide on him. It's in here. All right, you make, you make a com- one is they give you an award for like best passer, and they only pass like six times. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, mm-hmm. there's like one pass in the middle of the race, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" I'm gonna make a counterpoint here, which is they have turns that go left but also right. Uh, NASCAR also has two road courses on the uh, calendar, yes, bare minimum, yes, and they've been adding in road course ovals. So they'll do like Daytona International, uh, like the like the if you're familiar with the 24 Hours of Daytona, where they run the intersection of the course, they've been doing that like roval layout much more recently so you get the high speed banked corners that nascar is known for combined with like technical left and right turns and it's hilarious because the cars are really heavy and don't have much aero and they're not meant for it but it's <laughs> they do turn both ways hmm. dinfinion and watkins Glen are the two that they still race at for road courses watkins Glen is a fucking great time i will say that oh god if yeah ever, like if you ever like what what race should i go to I cannot emphasize enough. My first NASCAR race was Watkins Glen. I think that's a great foot to start on. Mine was actually the Feeder Series, which is now called uh, Xfinity, but it's like the, the yeah, tier yeah, yeah, below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did race at Mid-Ohio, which is uh, Honda's road course out in the middle of yeah, nowhere. Yeah. It's like literally cornfields for 30 miles and then one of the best road coursing facilities in the world. Uh, it was absolutely batshit. It was so much fun. And people, you know pass and crash constantly you know as it should happen in auto racing instead of like oh this person's got pole they're going to win the season now (laughs) listen listen i i we've we've articulated a lot of the problems with formula one but i'm still i don't know i i know so little about nascar that in my head it is just uh you watch an enormous pack of cars drive around in a circle for six hours and occasionally there's a massive fireball i will say as a television product and I hate admitting this. Uh, F1 is a superior television product. As entertain, it's a better Netflix series. I'll say that. Uh, it wouldn't be if they let Victoria and I produce it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If you get somebody, give me a budget, and I will make the best goddamn NASCAR drive to survive I've ever seen. Hmm. So we can go back further, and we can talk about these rum runners. And uh, next slide, please. This car uh, is is just a a, a stock car, well, but it's Paul not. Hitler, what are you doing? Here? <laughs> yeah. Also, it's being driven by Hitler. It's being driven by Adolf Hitler. <laughs> you know, but it, I, I mean, he's got to get to work too. I'm just a simple country Hitler, <laughs> but it also has like a tuned engine and a big tank in the back that you can fill with rum or bourbon or whatever in order to drive it around uh, <laughs> without the cops noticing. Um, because we we got to talk about prohibition. Um, because th- this is sort of the um, 
as as you say, Victoria, the origin of NASCAR is guys driving around really fast to get away from the cops, and then getting bored when alcohol becomes legal again. Well, this yeah. one's what, 1933 or 1931? Uh, 31, I believe. Yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure that, like, as the Depression was hitting, they were like, hmm, Tax we need to... Really, we, well, I think now. that, and also just, like, it's interesting living through a time of societal collapse, watching them open up the valves. Like, okay, oh, yeah, like which... Which which hmm. pressure release yep. uh, which pressure release valves can we open up right now so that everybody doesn't go batshit insane? Uh, so that's probably helps hasten its. Uh, yeah, its you demise. can you, can, you can have booze back. Please, 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 please do not be communist or fascist. Yeah, uh, well, the fascist part they're a lot softer on in the U.S. Usually, of course, of yeah. course. I'm, most... I'm thinking about FDR's triangulation here between, like, I don't know, the Huey Long future where everybody has like six Ramos gin fizzes a day out of a replicator, and the like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Charles Lindbergh president, God Emperor for life future. We should also point out it's not in the slides, I don't think, but uh, NASCAR has a pretty ugly history of union busting. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't put that in there because I was I trying to make wa- it sound cool. I did want to acknowledge it at least before people get mad at us in the comments. Oh yeah, you that's know what happens? Real. It's shameful. We know. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, part of that too is like, so Bill France Senior is the guy who started this whole thing, and that entire family runs this like, like a, yeah. a kingdom. You know, it's yeah. not oh, like the, 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 the NASCAR McMahon's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. It, it it initially like it it did have decent intent, but it very rapidly turned into he runs it with an iron fist and like people have gaten you can like even in the modern era people have gotten huge fines or had their careers kind of sidetracked for speaking out against this whereas people who like say slurs live still have careers and are quite popular actually well to be fair he only said it on a video game Yeah, that was his gamer moment, and then it ended up having absolute. I'm talking about Kyle Larson. He's yeah. later. He's a new yeah. guy. He, he dropped the worst word uh, during an iRacing stream during the pandemic for no apparent reason at all. No, and, not at all. And had and, absolutely, he, he had absolutely no repercussions come about <laughs> as a result. Like he, he still has he, his career. Yeah, he kind of got half punished for like six weeks, but you could tell from the start that NASCAR wasn't serious. Oh no. Right. No, they, it's a much more serious crime to speak out against, like the race cars, or the fact that you know the 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 uh, the calendar isn't set up well, or that they're screwing over their feeder series drivers. Uh, hmm. But if you say slurs, they're totally cool with it. So who the hell is Bill France Senior? A bastard! A bastard! He's yeah. a bastard man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like apart from that. I mean, he started the concept of NASCAR. He was the, he was the guy who saw all these individual races happening and was like, "What if we standardize payouts and right. standardize payouts and insurance and got like you know group sponsors and all that kind of stuff and set up like a formal calendar?" And this was in '48. Um, and then what and, he did was he took the profits and used it to buy babies from what he drinks the blood of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it, that's how it—that's how it started. Was yeah, he was the guy? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just gotta drink some baby blood. Hmm. But um, the the other thing too that that like in so the first like twenty years or so of this actually, can we go to the next slide? Because I want to I want to show a picture here. I'm I'm proud of these. These are these are pictures I took Ooh. at the NASCAR museum in Charlotte. Um, there's me. I wanted to be the first person to stick a picture of herself into the slide deck for <laughs> oh well there's your problem episode i am um, wearing uh i am wearing my nascar hall of fame t-shirt 
Hell yeah. It's a great, like, legitimately, it is a cool as hell museum. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, Charlotte yeah. is worthless and terrible, but you should go to that. <laughs> Dude. Uh, it's so, not the worst. It's, I've, uh, okay. it's not as bad as Nashville. Uh, Nash- uh, Nashville's the worst like city in the United Nashville. States. No. Nashville's the worst city in the United States. Charlotte is Nashville? much better. Reading, huh? I'm, I'm reading here that uh, uh, Bill France Sr., uh, campaign manager for George Wallace. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, not a great guy, as it turns out. <laughs> George Wallace. Uh, was he standing in the schoolhouse door? Um, or someone else. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if he was. Like, yeah, I think he was. But either way, very much the Originally sort of like the racist, governor the gamer Alabama, candidate, yeah. the la- the last of the Southern Democrats <laughs> to like uh, run for like national office. Yeah, yeah he ran as a Dixiecrat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty good political read on uh, the France family, from yeah, what I understand. Who, again, uh, will get their just desserts in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so what kinds of cars are we looking at? Ones. Yeah, uh, so the, the going, going clockwise from, from the top left, the first one is what's considered a Gen 1 car. So that, is when the air, that was when it was strictly stock. So the cars were basically, you bought them off the factory floor and, you know, Towards the end of this era, this era ran from the inception of the sport in 1948 through 1966. Um, they were basically just like privateers or dealerships financing them for the most part. Um, because the whole point of NASCAR in this era from a manufacturer perspective was like, dealers would be like, hey, check out this Chrysler that you can literally go buy in our showroom. It just won a race. And this is this is like the beginning kind of of the the muscle car era in the U.S. Yeah, so that, you, put, that's you, a, you put a big like uh, painted sign, not even a decal at this point, on the side of you know uh, area Dixiecrat local gentry dealership name. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Go, go here to oh buy your God. Cadillac and reinforce white supremacy. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean that's that's literally. I mean. I don't know if that's the exact dealership on this Chrysler in the no, top it's, left. It's but, Beauregard's dealership. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, that, that was basically the way it was. That's a Chrysler 300. And like, it was literally just roll the car out. I think towards the end of this era, they started beefing up the rear axles and suspension slightly because they kept having them rip out in the middle of the races. But like, <laughs> pretty much it was just go buy a car and then race it around. And during this period, manufacturer support was still pretty slim. Uh, right up until about the end of it, uh, Hudson was the first one to support racing uh, in. I want to say the er, the early to mid fifties, the Hornet. Yes. Um, huh. So so cars didn't make that up. Sorry. No, I, the, no. My my only my only into this is the movie Cars Two. <laughs> this is what podcasting has done to me. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like, cars, great movie. Owen Wilson uh, gives a performance of a lifetime. Uh, Name a better Owen Wilson performance. Go on. Cause two. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. You said cars two before, Alice. Oh, I thought you said. I thought you meant cars itself. All right, fine. Uh, fucking uh, Zoolander. It, uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yeah. If Cars two was so good, how come they didn't make a Cars two two? They made a Cars 3, dumbass. Oh, oh, that's a good point, yeah. They also not- made planes, which had a Native American helicopter in it. Was it named Apache, just to... I, I, I forget what it was named, uh, but like... Yeah, I'm not sure about the sort of like 
ethnography or, or like the demographics of, of of the world like i i think about the prospect of christopher columbus who was a car coming across the atlantic to discover helicopter civilizations oh wow that okay. i for more please see the book of mormon <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i do know that there's like a Canonically, World War Two in mm-hmm. the Cars universe. So I mean, oh yeah, and we know that we know that warships are, are like people; they have souls in the Cars movies. So like, kamikaze planes were like planes flying themselves into ships that were also guys. Oh, I mean, that is basically just war, though, right? Person, absolutely. <laughs> so We've basically what were the just doing between 1931 and <laughs> Yeah, uh, what, how did this like Mercedes seven seventy end up in Argentina after the war? <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe canonically the answer with the minions is that they went into a cave and literally stayed there until after World War Two, in order to a, clear a up bunker, that question. If you will, <laughs> <laughs> and no, I, yeah, down minion bunker. <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine, Buffet. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that uh, if your movie raises the ethical question of what were what were your characters doing during World War II, maybe you shouldn't make it, but what do I know? (laughs) I thought that I thought the minions deal, right, was that they sort out the the like evil mastermind of their age. Yeah. And they and they missed Hitler? That that is literally oh, actually, I believe Stalin how they was worse than Hitler. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just think uh, canonically the minions then still participated in you know dozens of genocides against humanity. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like okay, maybe maybe they didn't like serve Hitler, but maybe that's only because they found a more evil guy than Hitler, like pound for pound. So they like all of the minions were in the uh, fucking yeah. Ustasia or oh, something. Holy yeah, shit, the, the minions minion. are Dutch. The minions basically <laughs> uh, present at the Cambodian killing fields. Yeah, the minions. <laughs> the minions were in like the Belgian minion. Congo. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyway, NASCAR. so the next picture <laughs> is a Generation Two vehicle. So this is a podcast about NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> Although this car does kind of look a bit like a minion. It don't ever say that again because it's actually. So that car is, uh, that's Dale Earnhardt's Wrangler jeans machine. And the yes. minions do wear denim, so you're not wrong. So no, please never repeat yellow, that it's again. It's yellow and blue, and it looks like a minion. Um, anyway, that's a Gen 2 car. <laughs> uh, I'm not engaging with that, I'm sorry. death cult. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that's a Gen 2 car. The, they, they got modified bodies around then. They started having, you know... Some, some, <laughs> some uh, um, concessions to driver safety, although not many. Um, they still had, <laughs> they still had body <laughs> panels this time, so it was still like they had to resemble, you know, a stock car. Um, and they, they, it was when it sort of got a bit more standardized. This was from 1967 to 1980, and this was really the growth period for the sport. Um, then we got Gen Three. Which is when they did, which is the Mountain Dew car. Uh, this is like accidentally in invented. Like, to what extent is this driving the invention of the muscle car, and to what extent is it just being carried by it? Is my question. It was. I would say it was kind of symbiotic, right? Like that. It was I would, one of the I things. Would agree with that. Yeah. One of the things about Gen Two that was interesting is so if you're familiar with the, um, <laughs> we'll 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 put it in Cars Two terms, the King. <laughs> The, the car with the big wing on the back. That was actually a real car developed in the 70s by Plymouth. 
Um, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the Plymouth Roadrunner. Specifically, yeah, well, the Roadrunner was the base yeah. car. Right, there you go. The, the Superbird was the one that they built there specifically for NASCAR. And it was a homologation special that they built just enough of to get to compete in NASCAR, and it had this crazy aero package. Uh, it would have competed longer, but NASCAR was like, don't get too cute. They basically effectively banned it. Um, Once again, the just trying to like. Tra- yeah. translate like car manufacturers one to one so you're like ah oh, Plymouth is is, is Lancia uh yes. and I'm just going to go through <laughs> yes that that is exactly what it is basically we um, have all these specials ready for homologation but it'll take 2 days to show them <laughs> to you <laughs> um just have one yeah. car in a hall of mirrors <laughs> yeah, Plymouth and Lancia actually are the same company. They just share a factory. It's like one Delta Integrale, well, one of speaking, these. You're correct because Plymouth got bought by Chrysler, and then yeah. Chrysler merged with Fiat, Fiat. Yeah. who had bought Lancia, and they're all part of Stellantis now. Mm-hmm. So there's same like reason, four companies, and they are actually the same one. Same reason all your sunglasses are made by one company. Uh, Luxottica, I think they're called. I love the the wealth of choices that capitalism provides me with. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I would say like during this period, the the whole like kind of muscle car thing, they they fed off each other, right? Like Hmm. they were still stock enough that they drove consumer sales. A lot of manufacturers were getting involved around this time. Um, You know, through the fifties and stuff, they were definitely helping push development of faster cars, more muscle car looking vehicles because of nascar because that was kind of your big domestic racing series at this point america had no traffic laws was pvp enabled uh yeah we were better as a people for it (laughs) drunk driving was fine and funny actually (laughs) yeah 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 it was it was it was uh, a based time to drive (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so after this we go into the mountain dew car that's actually a buick regal believe it or not. Um, mm. Mm. That's from 1981 to 1991. They standardized the wheelbase this time, so it's 110 inches. Uh, they The cars got more aerodynamic, if you can believe that that brick-labeled Mountain Dew is aerodynamic. That's yeah, considered it's aerodynamic. It's got a <laughs> tiny little like flick of a spoiler. That's, that's you know, the, the air just like goes straight over the brick and then just like perfectly glances <laughs> off that. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then the final picture, which is the one of me with the rainbow car, is Gen Four, which is unequivocally the best era of NASCAR Absolutely. because it was when it was when they were just like, you know what, fuck it, and they said, okay, everything's a tube frame. You can use wind tunnels. You can here's a throw, you know, seven hundred, eight hundred horsepower into the car, and you know, kind of Americans will really go- just be like downforce is a state of mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes. and it was uh, awesome. Hi, Alice, it's called There's No Replacement for Displacement. <laughs> yeah. Um, the racing in this era was, and this is when I grew up, that was my favorite race car because I was gay before I knew it, obviously. <laughs> um, but it was it was genuinely like the dra- this sport had the biggest personalities, it had the coolest cars, it had really good track, like it had a good track calendar. I mean, this was when I remember how NASCAR's cultural hold at this point, and granted, I did grow up in West Virginia, but still. Um, I remember my dad was in like a fantasy NASCAR pool at his work that I would help him pick nice. drivers for every nice. weekend because it was it was literally like it was a sport on par with I don't know maybe if not 
the NFL and the MLB, it was at least like an NHL. You know what I mean? Like it, it had massive cultural sway. Um, and it was also just entertaining as hell to watch. And then after that, it all went downhill. And then we got the car of tomorrow. Liam, you were right about that. In 07, that lasted till 2012. What, what, is the, what is the car of tomorrow? I have more on it later. Um, okay. There are pictures and stuff, and I kind of explain why it ruined the whole sport. Um, but it's ugly also, as the, shit. The minions made, drive it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I'll talk, get more into it later. Then 2013 to 2021, we had another car, and now we've got the next-gen car, which is inter- independent rear suspension. The um, car of the day after tomorrow. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's... We're back to a spec platform now for the 2021 season, but the cars are actually allowed to look different. I, I'll get into all that later. I just wanted to show off these four because this, to me, is like the crux of what this is. This represents NASCAR's sort of rise from like a bunch of ex moonshine runners to like a sport that Ronald Reagan attended in 1980. You know, like it was genuinely huge for a while, and I think a lot of people outside of the U.S. kind of miss that. Mm. Um, so. That's that's my I, spiel. I, I, I forget that the US is so large that a thing can be big there and pretty much nowhere else and still be big. Yeah, this was like yeah. this was like American cricket. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so boring to watch and weirdly racist. <laughs> uh, the NFL I, or cricket or both. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> Venn diagram that is just <laughs> just three circles directly overlaid. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, we can go on to the next slide if you want. Sorry, I feel bad to drive it. It's like this is my passion. Yeah, no, so it's, it's fine. Roz just, is dead, actually. Uh, yeah, true. Roz is dead. I'm an idiot. I'm still thinking about minions. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to pilot Roz like he's a Seven Eleven uh, worker, and I'm there at two a.m. just trying to get some cigarettes. That's some fantastic grass mowing there to do the American flag and the and the sort of like lawn out from there. That's great work. Yeah, Sorry. and they yeah, also you- they also cut the shape of the track itself into the infield. Yes, tailgating huh. a NASCAR race is the most fun you can ever possibly have in the United States of America. What what is tailgating? Sorry, do you not tailgate? Uh. All right. Okay. I and. I guess I've invented it in Europe. Yeah, I guess it makes sense that that's an American thing. You show up hours before a sports match, you get shit face drunk, and then you attend that sports match. And in NASCAR, you can bring your RV to the track and tailgate in the infield. Yeah, and you can also get there like three days early and yeah. then just continue. Like you can just basically mainline uh, Bud Light for like three or four days while there are race cars racing around you constantly for like qualifying and practice and you know test setup and the the feeder series and all that stuff so you basically just get v8s piped directly into your soul while blitzed drunk in an rv for like three days explains some things (laughs) i like how you're not speaking german right now because you're welcome It's, it, it, it's, it, it's gonna look like a Ralph Stedman drawing in that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, yeah. I, but instead I, of I have, in- I have a powerful, like, fucking psychic image of how this smells. Uh, yeah. Motor oil. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, like, these cars all run like you know race fuel, and they don't have any emissions regulations, so Just it smells about the people. Oh. Now, you can't smell them over the fucking enormous V8s just outputting, like, an entire <laughs> small air, air, like airport's 
carbon emissions for a year <laughs> just around you in a circle. It's great. It smells lovely. I love it. Um, I NASCAR. Yeah, so how did how did NASCAR get big in addition to the car changes? Um this these these two things explain it. So on top, obviously this is Daytona Super Speedway, which was built uh when they built in the uh fifth I want to say the fifth I didn't put the date in here because I'm an idiot. But it was built sometime like in the fifties and sixties. I believe the fifties, yeah. Yeah, and it was basically Yeah, it was basically like NASCAR saying like we want to run ridiculously fast stuff it has this trioval design so kind of no matter where you're sitting in the stands you can see as much of the track as possible it's also worth um, noting I, I don't mean to cut you off but i want to say alice as like an idea the hmm. largest college football stadium uh in the united states holds like one hundred twenty thousand people mm-hmm. the largest racetracks in the united states hold upwards of three hundred thousand. American Coliseum. They should flood the infield and recreate naval battles in there. Probably could. Yeah, they got this <laughs> whole big like, pond over here. Like, <laughs> yes, United you want to know? Oh, I'm sorry. You, you want to know a funny story about that big pond in the Daytona infield? They accidentally flooded it when they were doing construction, and Bill France Senior was like, "Cool, we'll do powerboat races in it," and left it because it was just like, <laughs> "Fuck it." More attractions. Why not? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's not naval battles, but it's pretty cool because then they could just strap a giant V eight to a boat. And, like, crazy I will say one thing: the United it. the United States of America is perhaps the most country in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> like of all of all the nations that have existed, America is certainly the most one of them. <laughs> I mean, there are like. I think anybody who's familiar with me on Twitter knows that I'm not exactly a raging jingoist. Uh, but I will admit, like, NASCAR gets me to be like, oh yeah, America's pretty fucking cool. Just for a moment. Just for like when I when I just clear my mind and I have head empty and I just think about NASCAR, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool, honestly. <laughs> um, so what else was cool that NASCAR did to make themselves bigger? Uh in nineteen seventy one, when they tobacco companies were banned from advertising on TV. Uh, Reynolds Tobacco. <laughs> Reynolds Tobacco was like, "Hey, what if we called this the Winston Cup and gave you a ton of money?" Uh, <laughs> so then that that lasted for like twenty five or thirty years. Much and- like F one. What if this was the last refuge of you being able to think about how cool cigarettes were while yeah. you were watching TV? Yep. And and it was largely Reynolds' involvement that you know made Bill France kick all the smaller circuits. You know the the like less than 100 mile races or the dirt, remaining dirt tracks and stuff and really focus on making the sport like a a made for tv like spectacle yeah. yeah yeah and then their first tv appearance was in 1979 there was actually a fight at the end of the race everybody got super hyped <laughs> because it was the coolest shit like a bunch of cars race around for like 3 hours and then the dudes crash at the very end and then they get in a fist fight <laughs> what is not to love my yeah, god exactly. there is in, in my in my head where she spoke the truth. In my, in my head, I have, in, like, in this sort of mental cloud for NASCAR, I have the words, the big one, right? Oh, that, yeah. there's a whole slide for that, don't yeah. worry. Okay, okay. I, I put that in here. Um, but anyway, then R- Ronald Reagan attended a race in 1980, and that basically, like, the sport becomes part of the cultural lexicon for the next 20 years. Um, so then, uh, can we go to the next slide, please? Thank you. Um, so. Look at and those also, sponsors. I know, right? Yeah. Also through this wow. area, so that, 
that that top image is um that's actually another display at the the charlotte museum which again is cool as hell just go to it um but that car right in the middle there which <laughs> was the- number seven the femboy hooters car <laughs> 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 that that car in the middle there, the number nine Coors car, was from the quote unquote aerodynamic era. But um <laughs> what was happening during this period is the cars were getting insanely batshit fast. Um so Bill Elliott with that car in nineteen eighty seven recorded a speed of two hundred and twelve miles an hour at Daytona. In, in now, that brick? Yes. 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 Uh, and Just and add uh, more engine. Yeah, the engine from where? EMD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just it. It was carbureted still. I mean, these were these. This is just what Americans can do when you tell them, "Hey, we don't have emissions laws to worry about, and here's a V8." And they're like, "All right, cool. We'll do 212 miles an hour in this like Thunderbird held together with like PVC grade roll cage." <laughs> Why not? Um, in, in any case, though, if your car is doing 212 miles an hour at a closed oval with a bunch of people, like 300,000 people, you know, all sitting right next to the track, what's your biggest concern? And um, it's that the not car... Not being cool enough. <laughs> it's that the car basically becomes airborne, flies yeah. into the fence, and then kills your whole audience. I believe that there was uh, another episode of this that you did. Uh, hmm. about when that happened and it killed like a bunch of people yeah they also yes. made that car out of magnesium uh that's just true a great time but that car wasn't going 212 miles an hour mm. so imagine if it had been made out of magnesium and it was doing 212 miles an hour uh which these weren't magnesium but still um so what they did around this time the last thing you see is the femboy hooters wind <laughs> coming towards you <laughs> Not a bad way to go, honestly. Uh. <laughs> um. <laughs> so we, we we sponsor a NASCAR like uh, team, <laughs> and like the last thing you see is a fucking hood with bysnoose dot com <laughs> scything towards you at night. <laughs> you remember when we were going to sponsor that roller hockey team? <laughs> oh right, yeah. Um. But so, so literally, actually, the same weekend that, that um, Bill Elliott hit 212 miles an hour in qualifying, uh, Bobby Allison, who was another big driver at the time, got his car thrown into the fence at about 210-ish miles an hour and almost killed, like, I don't know, hundreds of people. It was by sheer luck he didn't. He also was fine after this. He was like, ah, well, it happens. Walk it so, off. Yeah. <laughs> so NASCAR's creation around this time was to invent the restrictor plate, which I have helpfully included a diagram of which is literally just a big metal plate with some small holes in it that chokes out the motor. So um, instead of restricting has- the emissions, you restrict <laughs> the opposite of that, the, I guess, emissions, the intake. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. So uh, NASCARs and I have a lot in common in that we both love to be choked out. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically the idea behind this is you, you artificially limit the, the power and speed that the, the cars can achieve. Um, and this is what they do through the modern era at super speedways. So Talladega and Daytona, these big two and a half mile long, huge banking, 300,000 spectator events. You could, um, you could make the engine smaller. Yeah, but then you have to change want. the formula, yeah, no, right? And then we'd be doing F1, which we don't do because we're yes. Americans. Yes. Mm. Um, 
Because the idea is to run a standardized zombie, engine the whole time. Are cooler than your stupid fucking oh, it's a turbocharged <laughs> power cylinder. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we had V tens? Do I. Listen, uh, listen. There's there is a special kind of like satisfaction in watching well, something not. that is no, effectively not. a lawnmower engine no, that has not. just been fucking Mercedesed until it's going 200 miles an hour. No, and no one's allowed to try and assassinate Lewis Hamilton as cool as he is. And a NASCAR, it's <laughs> still good old fashioned assassination attempts. Goddamn. <laughs> Bill uh, Franz the third up there in the stands with a sniper rifle. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, also just like, I when you come to the US someday, I'm going to drag you to a NASCAR race, mm, Alex, yes. just so you can experience this, because like, there is nothing like 43 V8s, all at wide open throttle ripping a past you. of power. It is just, <laughs> it's like... It's fucking magical. It's the best. Why shit. wasn't, why wasn't Philip, was, why wasn't Marinetti born an American, you know? Uh, I don't know. Nature is cruel. All of these, all of these, all of these futurists <laughs> who are like, you know, the fucking transcendent power of the machine, and they're all born in fucking Italy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, to be fair, if we had Italians designing NASCARs, then it would be a lot. It would, we'd only get 40, we'd works. only get we'd only get forty three cars running on the same lap at once for like three laps. <laughs> <laughs> then it'd be like the the ten stragglers left who are firing on like three cylinders. <laughs> All right, I'm making a list here. So I've pissed off Italians and Dutch so far this episode. I need to keep mm -hmm, going. Mm -hmm. Um, in any case, this leads to pack racing. Which next slide, Alice? Uh -oh. You mentioned the big one. Uh -huh. I did. The, uh, are these they? These are the big ones. Yes, pretty much. So, so what happens is you take you take like the the pack usually splits into like two groups. There are forty three cars in a race. There's like a front twenty and a back twenty. Um, what happens if you take twenty cars doing one hundred and ninety five miles an hour with roughly four inches of space between them on all sides, um, right. and then you I just have like them race for five hundred miles? Somebody yeah. has a good time. Yeah, I, I particularly like car number six in the bottom right, which is going to its home planet. Yes, also yeah. that's a Coke Industries car, which is why I included it. Huh. Because it's funny to see uh, those ghouls get their car smashed up. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, the, this is the big one. It happens every super speedway event. This is where the majority of like... I, it's weird. NASCAR's got a very strange relationship with this because for a while, like they were using this as advertising. Like it was a big crash and it was entertaining and exciting. In um, much the same way the NFL used to have big, big hit big compilations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, were they incredibly dangerous and was it inevitable somebody was going to die from it? Of course, but it helped fill seats. Yeah, also um, you had the like sports medicine thing where anything more advanced than walk it off was only invented <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> pretty pretty much. Um, and I will admit, when I was like four years old, this was the coolest thing that could happen in the entire world. Like, I would watch a race for three hours and then uh, there'd be a huge car crash. And all of my, I, I lived in this era where like death was not something I had really quite conceptualized yet. Yeah, you were four. So it was just, Funny. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it was yep. just like cool. A bunch of cars crash, and then everybody walks away because that's mostly what happens during this era, um, by sheer luck. Uh, until next slide, that's okay. NASCAR's yes. nine eleven. Yes. yes, this tr it truly was America's nine eleven. 
All all we need to really complete this is to tell you that, like, uh, fucking a Supreme Court justice has died right now. (laughs) Oh, oh God. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter anymore, though. The thing that made that so so darkly funny was because that meant that we're going to enter the next era. And if another Mm. one dies, it's like, oh, cool, the decisions are now going to be like, what, 7-2 instead of 6-3? Yeah, that's like, like an end zone dance at this point. Basically, still, though, it's just running up the score for what we all know is inevitable. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Dale Earnhardt. Um, Feb- Dale- I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say the date February eighteenth, yeah. two thousand and one. I remember watching yeah. this live. Jesus, I watched this. I was five, and I uh, saw it live. It was ten. Uh, nine. Yeah, yeah. This prop. This was like. I was too young for Challenger, and this was still pre-9-11, so this was basically my Challenger, I think. You're like, this is the worst thing that's ever gonna happen to America or me. <laughs> pretty mean, much. This is pretty fucking depressing, Alice. No, I'm saying that's <laughs> funny to think that as a kid, and then seven oh, months yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, honestly, as a five-year-old, this affected me more than 9-11 did, because I couldn't conceptualize, like... Like when you're watching younger, your you know, die in front of you. Yeah, it's a lot different than watching planes come. You're aware that people are dead in there, but like you didn't. Quite yeah, see, you know what I mean. I wasn't. Also, like, I wasn't 9/11. rooting. I wasn't rooting for all three thousand of those people every week as a five year old <laughs> to win a race. No, also nine eleven wasn't being filmed by like broadcast quality cameras. It was like three dudes on camcorders and then some helicopter cameras that were in really low resolution. You couldn't really see shit. I assure you, you could uh, see you the damn crash. Unfortunately, you could yeah. see enough. Yeah, I remember uh, my mom tuning into that. You could see plenty. Um, but of course, the thing with that is, like, my mom, to her credit, was like, "Hey, maybe I won't expose my six-year-old to the worst mass death event that you know has ever really been televised in the U.S." Mm. Uh, whereas this was like live television, and I just watched his car hit the wall, and then everybody was sad, and I was like, "Oh fuck." And that, of course, shatters the illusion that, like, all of your heroes are unkillable and that, you know, everybody who's racing is, like, doing this because it's fun and cool and not, like, there's this mortal peril. Um, so anyway, I, February 18th, 2001, it's the final lap. His team, his team is on, his, on their way and ends up placing 1-2 at uh, the Daytona 500. And he gets in a tussle kind of back in the pack, goes straight up into the wall, and dies of a basilar skull fracture basically instantly upon hitting the wall. Um, mm. This actually came with a rash of other deaths along the same in the same time frame. There were These like things always seemed to like Ratzenberger and Senna. Like yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, there were there were four or five other deaths that happened in in like a a year long span. Um, yeah. uh, Adam Petty was one of them, who was yeah. of the Petty family. He was the first fourth generation like athlete in any sport in modern history. <laughs> And he died at age 19 in a practice crash. Like, the cars were really fast, and they had not... Basically, you've reached the point now where your helmet... Yeah, yeah, your helmet shatters your neck. So what happens in a really bad... The way you get a basilar skull fracture in a car crash is you're wearing a helmet, and and you're wearing shoulder straps. Like in this this first picture, the the guy on the right is what you don't want to happen. 
Uh, basically, mm, the like helmet mega whiplash. Yeah, the helmet basically just like the weight of that combined with the the restraining force of the straps basically just shatters the base of your skull like immediately you die. Um, the result, the the invention for this was the Hans device, which had already been invented, but Dale notably didn't like wearing it because yeah. it wasn't comfy for him. I guess um, he thought it restricted his ability to sort of process information all at once. Yeah, mm. he also he, wore his seatbelts really loose. I remember reading. And uh, this set off sort of like a years long, uh, like sort of existential struggle for the seatbelt manufacturer, who was like, because NASCAR is like this one guy and his like <laughs> company of five people, yeah, uh, who who was getting death threats because he just killed Dale Earnhardt, yeah, uh, until it was proven that he hadn't. Right. Yeah, he still ended up stepping down from the company because yeah, like it was it was. Uh, Something Simpson, I forget his first name, but of course the company is called Simpson Seatbelts because, as you correctly pointed out, all companies in the U.S. are one dude and five people. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of speaking of one dude, I guess we should talk about Dale Earnhardt because uh, who is Dale or who was Dale Earnhardt? The greatest driver to ever live, F1 or NASCAR or dirt track racing or whatever. I will die on this hell. Mm. Besides maybe Senna. Yeah, I mean how I feel. I'd say Colin McRae probably deserves a spot up there too. Sure. Uh, Sebastian Loeb, maybe. Terrible pilot. Oof. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm still in the too soon era for Colin McRae because I played again. It was one of those things. It's like the video cool. games. Yeah. yeah, cool video games and like cool rally racing, a new sport to get into. And then it's like, nap. Sorry, your Did heroes we? are all. Your mm -hmm. heroes are all just going to die right in front of your eyes, which is, I guess, a great way to be introduced to kind of um, American life as an adult. But, you yeah. know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Dale, Dale was definitely like one of the best drivers of a car to have ever lived. He, he was also like a huge personality for this sport because you either loved him or you hated him because he had a divisive driving style. He was literally known as the Intimidator. Um, there, were, there were some questionable choices he would make when he would bump people to win. Um, it worked, and he would win. And of course, like the the everybody involved with NASCAR as an organization loved this shit because it was hugely polarizing and got people talking. Um, so the sport was really like it was more carried on his shoulders than I think anybody really realized until he died. And hmm. then it sort of became obvious that uh, you know not only did they have to stop killing drivers so often because it was ridiculous yes, to be Jeff losing. Gordon is not the same. I, I, I admittedly like he was so so dale was kind of my villain as a kid like i did i rooted for jeff which oh, meant that yeah oh. which meant that i was gay okay he oh, had a rainbow yeah. car <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help it I you was know a it's kid i was a bastard <laughs> i'm a bastard now <laughs> <laughs> with the black car too like black oh. and orange I mean, yeah, no, that's that's heel shit. I understand that, and I respect oh, yeah. it. And everybody, I mean, and and for what it's worth, like all all reports of him are that he was a cool as fuck guy, and like he generally, like he had beef with people on the track, but generally people, you know, said he was nice and stuff. Like off the track, and he just he, back in the nineties, you know, when uh, people in the South, I don't want to say people, white people in the South were really leaning into the sort of heritage, not hate shit. He had some very thoughtful things to say about, you know, the, uh, the rebel flag. And uh, Junior has some really good stuff to say politically. Yeah, yeah, I genuinely. Mean, he's not a communist or anything, but like, 
His dad's he's you know, he's Dale Earnhardt, like genuinely like a, a good person from from what I've heard from accounts. Right. Um so yeah, so the the sport loses its biggest name instantly on live television. Um and beats 9-11 to the punch uh, in terms of mm. national tragedies. And so the next changes that came about were, you know, Han's device. I have a picture here of the safer barrier, which is uh, basically they put like really high grade foam in the walls so that instead of running into a concrete wall, you run into a wall that has a little tiny bit of give so that it's not all just directly transferred to your skull. Right. Um, and then... And then the next change that came about was the car of tomorrow uh, in 2006. Which ruined and, racing. And that, that ruined NASCAR, basically. That was the death Although of the sport. We hmm. understand why we know. Shut the hell up. Yeah. No, well, you see, here's the thing. Uh, there have been no deaths since Dale died. They, they did actually. Ever, like, at, at all? Not, yeah. not as a result <laughs> of uh, not during a race. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Brand over the history we actually, guy. We actually uh, conquered death through the car <laughs> tomorrow. Um, Tony Stewart killed a guy. Yeah, I can't get the novel coronavirus. I'm inside the car of tomorrow. Yes. But, uh, like, Ryan, if you go on YouTube and watch the footage from, what was it, last year, Victoria, the Ryan Larson crash? I think it was two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. That was one of the worst wrecks I've ever seen, and he lived. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like Grosjean in F1. Like, that would have killed any driver in any era in any car before that. And the dude walked away with, like, some scars on his hands and then continued racing the rest of the season. So, hmm. from a safety perspective, they did do it well. The problem is, next slide, please. Um, we went from the car on the left, which is the most hacky, insane shit you can possibly do to aerodynamics. To make that, a car, that, this car has eaten a bee. <laughs> yeah, um, it's so happy to see you. I, I, I suppose. I suppose we should talk about the the sort of the ethos of cheating in NASCAR, right? It's good, Both. It's good and everybody does it. Shut the hell up! Like <laughs> you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's a damn truth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, basically. Well, this was like the wind tunnel crazy, craziest shit uh, era. Wait, so. I thought Victoria was going to be like, actually, cheating is unethical. No, you thought I'm offended. You think that I think cheating isn't cool. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jesus, I'm not a I'm not a liberal for God's sake. <laughs> um, no, but you went from these like crazy batshit insane uh, cars that were taking advantage of like side pull arrow. Like if you've ever driven a van next to a semi truck on the interstate, you'll kind of feel like how the semi truck will kind of pull you along. Like they were taking full advantage of this effect with, with these like asymmetrical, just completely deformed cars that were going way too fast. And then they were like, no, you can't do that anymore. So they gave us the car on the right and they all looked identical and they all had the Racing exact same setup. for it. They're and, like painted on grills. Uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I purposely picked an example with a Ford and a Chevy next to each other. They have the exact same body shell. There is literally no difference. It is just the stickers applied to them. So manufacturers hate it because you've like you're like okay, cool. You've removed all of our brand identity. Yeah, and you um, can't go and buy one. You can't like if you if oh, you God, go no. into a dealership and say, okay, I want to buy an Impala or a Fusion, uh, make it as much like this as you can. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. We just got an email where a guy wants us to leave Patreon for Substack. 
No, <laughs> dudes, come on. You don't want to compete with Greenwald? Oh, oh Graham oh, Linehan? How tall, no. is, how tall is Greenwald? I don't, I don't know. know. How tall is Graham Linehan? He's not that. He's British. He's probably like five. Oh, Graham Linehan I could take in a fight. <laughs> oh, I, uh, yeah, I think we could probably fight Graham Linehan. I, I, I don't even need to know how tall he is. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> Pure. There, there's like a lot Just of on vibes alone. There, he, does, he doesn't well, strike me as someone who who would be very good at fighting. Graham Linehan or Greenwald? Yeah. No, I, Either, I, I, to be I, I think I I I would put more money on Greenwald than uh, Linehan. Oh yeah, um, I make no claims about being able to beat. Greenwald in a fight. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I. I, th- I think that would be a, 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 a more of a crapshoot. Yeah. Um, I think. I think like more more disputes need to be settled in a sort of like kumite martial arts tournament of elimination kind of like way. And therefore, I'm suggesting now a sort of a, a takes kumite. We fly everybody to an island, <laughs> Bruce Lee style rather than yes. Epstein style. Uh, everybody gets like a like a fucking like one piece jumpsuit, and uh, whoever can land the most flying kicks to defend their takes gets to like win Twitter. Yes. And it would be healthier than whatever the fuck right. we're currently doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, uh, 20 pundits enter, one leaves. Yeah, I'd watch that. Absolutely. I'd participate. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jeez. Sounds like a great way to get my mentions to be politer. <laughs> if I had to be nice to be here, I'll fly you to an island and keep it ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's up? You're really gonna at me right now? Instead of the like, most people don't send tweets like this notification, Twitter sends you a notification that's like, are you ready to enter the dragon? Yes, and then a helicopter touches down in your backyard right then. Alright, get in. <laughs> Never trust your mutuals, only your fists will help you. <laughs> <laughs> I have always liked the idea of uh, the Napathay extended universe like has to fight its way out. <laughs> yes, so it's just yeah. like me and Joe because we're the biggest have to run point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Napathay extended universe against the world, and I give us pretty good odds to be honest. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Although I guess since this is motorsport theme, we're really more like Scuderia Nate Bethay. Yes. <laughs> uh, I will also challenge anyone who wants to uh, battle for take supremacy to an auto race. That I'm pretty sure I could beat Glenn Greenwald around a racetrack. Instead, in, instead oh, of yeah. pink slips, it's your Twitter <laughs> account. <laughs> race for blue checks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's so good. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't have one yet, and I don't want one. But I would, I would take one if it meant that I had stolen. You would take one as a sign of victory. Yes, yeah. Yes. yeah if it were a, if it were a trophy to be won in battle, I would, <laughs> I would gladly accept one. <laughs> I, I worked long and hard, put in many late hours at the takes dojo for this. 
wood chest. <laughs> I feel like you should be able to like collect them if you like own someone hard enough. You should have. I should be able to get like a necklace of blue checks oh, that I've yeah, gone like, not uh, abundance. Well, like yeah, in the fucking like Phoenix company program. Company yeah. tool with the dog tags. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine how many how many blue checks? Uh, Drill would have after his name. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus. Wow. It'd be like one of those fighter planes with like uh, the silhouettes on the side. Yeah. We need to call who runs Twitter now? It's not Jack. No, no, no. I forget who the who the new CEO is. I would be but... I would be adding Jack right now if he still ran the place and be like, hey man, Absolutely. let's work on this. Paragon it would be great for engagement. Like who doesn't yeah. who who doesn't join Twitter with some sort of bloodlust to punch someone else in the face? Absolutely. At their heart. Like it's nobody on that baby. site is nice. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> the car of tomorrow. Car of tomorrow. Oh yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, you know no, what? this is good. You know, no, you know what? It's two o'clock. This is a perfect time for a glass of wine. I'll be right back. Bonus episode. Yeah, this is the, the this is the bonus episode vibes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry, unstructured. Free-form discussion about NASCAR. <laughs> I'm just appreciating all of the uh, all of the sponsors on these cars. I like that you have like Dupont and the National Guard and the 2010 Census. Uh, just to me, that's great. And then 3M for some reason. It, post its. Because when I when I think of going 200 miles an hour around an oval, I think of Post-it notes. Maybe Do you also are. think of the 2010 census? Yes, and the National Guard, Pepsi Max, Tissot watches. Yeah, well, I mean, this is again, like, uh, so because they ruined the whole sport by making all the cars identical, going to lower high horsepower and higher downforce, which makes the race kind of more... Um, more like F1? Yeah, less, less chaotic, less, less uh, enjoyable, much more like F1, which is not fun. Or enjoyable, <laughs> um, and and also you know all of oh, the, this wow. is kind of when like it becomes a bit more like it's no longer the Winston Cup, it's now like Nextel or something, which Nextel, that dates yeah. it. Yeah, Ugh, um, and so you're bring you're, back the cigarettes. Your big <laughs> hero of this era, the people this big, want your, cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, could you imagine like a trans lady racing a NASCAR with like an American Spirits car? Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Fucking cool shit. Don't look. I have my vices. Don't don't shit talk. Have the decency to smoke reds, you fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked reds all the time. I smoked. And it was only because like you, you couldn't get lucky strikes anymore. Like they just disappeared on mass. So I mean, yeah. American spirits are my cigarette of choice because they last like three times as long. So I'm, I'm sure saving they money. Are. <laughs> they type for hurtful facts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you, you kind of become more corporate. So like your big winner during this era is uh, Jimmy Johnson, yeah. who, very nice guy, yeah. uh, has the personality of like a bar of soap. You yeah, know, he he's, he's, he's <laughs> not exciting at all. He's he not... wins. He wins seven championships in like ten years. One of the most dominant race car drivers of all Feeling time. Feeling like a white Lewis Hamilton <laughs> with all the boredom <laughs> that that implies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he just he, and no one cares. Like everybody's like, yeah, he's nice, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and so NASCAR goes through this era of like trying to artificially make the racing interesting again, 
So we start getting the playoff series, which is stupid and contrived, and uh, mm. stage racing, which is a modern thing. But basically, they they throw a caution at, at a predetermined point in the race, bunch everybody back up, and then have them go again. Sort of like F1 does when Toto feels like it, because it's the <laughs> only way to make the sport interesting. Um, then we also got Rovals, which are kind of cool. Uh, what is a Roval? Roval is a road course oval. So like... They turn both ways, but they still race in a big banked section for part of it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, they're kind of cool, but like it's also very chaotic because they're still trying to get the cars like figured out for that. And most of these guys, you know, admittedly are not great at turning both ways. I will, <laughs> oh. have, have <laughs> I will admit that. Have they considered spicing up the race with items? Such as. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they should add like obstacles, like you just string some like uh, those stingers that police have to like bust tires off cars. <laughs> you just throw good. those out at random. Yeah, you can put put down an oil slick. You- <laughs> Dropping banana peels out of my NASCAR Gen Seven. Exactly. They should make NASCAR more like Takeshi's Castle. That's my contention you could- to you. You 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 maybe could throw a blue shell. I don't know if those work. You, in real you're, life, you're telling me <laughs> that in in the year of our Lord 2022, you can't make a track mania track in real life. That's a good point. I think you could. I think it could be done. Ca- could must should must and yes. will before not, the end of this decade. Should but must. <laughs> we choose to build the tracks from track mania not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Yeah, I've seen some of those tracks, and I think the support structures are sketchy. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that just adds to the like tension. And besides, this is what a troubled nation needs to come out of recession and depression and pandemic, is to watch a NASCAR fall 50 stories <laughs> out, of, out of like an inverted loop. Um. Yeah, honestly, it would be cool. Like one of the things NASCAR is working on right now is to try to be more inclusive as a sport. Um, hmm. It would be oh, super cool. Baby. It'd be cool if they could do that. And then, like our big, like America's big unification post-pandemic, uh, you know, pivot to communism would be we all kind of unite around NASCAR. That's my dream world. <laughs> <laughs> People's Republic of NASCAR. Oh, the god, that'd be. It would be cool too if like. If like so, instead of like a Trabant or a Lada or whatever, our national, you know, the, the the car that we make, and we just, you know, you sign up for a car and you get one of these, is just a fucking NASCAR stock car. Like, <laughs> like, oh, are you a family? We'll strap a child booster into the roll cage. Hey, we have a wagon version. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have the kids climb out the window. They'll probably enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot these things don't have doors, do they? Yeah, no, they no. haven't since the sixties. They don't have doors. They don't have windows. I mean, it's it's literally it's like a a carbon fiber shell over an engine and a tube frame, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a stock car, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go down to your dealer and pick one up. <laughs> I too have watched the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got for the car of tomorrow. It sucked and it ruined the sport. And I'm mm. I'm praying that the next generation car, uh, which supposedly some people have driven um, and kind of like, I, I will say like, uh, I follow uh, Bozy Tatarevic, who is a mechanic and autosports journalist, and he's had some promising things to say about it. Um, it's supposed to be give cars their brand identity back while not um, 
not being too expensive to break in with. So hopefully you get new teams. Hopefully you get new manufacturers coming in. Uh, but they haven't really raced a lot with them yet. So it's hard to say if it's going to be entertaining or not. Are, are NASCAR people, are NASCAR drivers still boring? Some of them, yes. Yeah. Some of them are, uh, are basically seconds away from murder at a given day. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say on the whole, they're, they're mostly kind of... Um, they're definitely packaged for advertisers, with the exception of Kyle Larson, who, you know, dropped the N-word and then still has a career somehow. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, y- you have some people who, like like the, one of the biggest personalities, one of the people I admire greatly is uh, Bubba Watson, who is, you know, one of the, the only black drivers in the modern era of the sport. And he has is received insane amounts of hate and, you know. Uh, controversy for saying such things as, you know, Black Lives Matter and uh, talking about how police are more violent towards black men and women in the mm. United States. Uh, those are considered insanely controversial in the world of NASCAR. So, it kind of a weird baseline for controversy where, like, saying the N word is fine, but, you know, advocating for human rights is totally not. But I guess yeah. in that regard, it's a lot like F1. Yes. Sure. Oh, but I mean, like, at least you don't have a NASCAR, in, uh, like, you don't have a NASCAR race in Qatar or in Saudi Arabia. No, but you have a bunch in Texas, and you know, basically <laughs> identical. Yeah, yeah. L- lending lending legitimacy to the to the theocratic regime. Of no, Texas. I, I genuinely have to get my shit out of that state before they repeal Lawrence v. Texas because I won't be able to go back. Mm. <laughs> Talk about the uh, the politics of NASCAR, and I mean, I wrote this slide. There's very little on it because it's you know it's a bonus episode, and I figured we'd have more sort of freeform discussion. Well, I also like, spent an yeah. hour and ten minutes talking about cars because you invited the ADHD translating on the episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect? So, so, so here here we have a real tree car. Uh, real tree being a sort of brand of hunting camouflage that. Uh, Briefly became a sort of like class signifier in American culture for a bit, sort of. Yes, yes dude. I I'm mean, they sell real tree hoodies at Costco now. So, yeah, I, I, I guess it's more of a, like an urban, rural, or wants to be perceived as rural thing. But like, I feel like a lot of American political history in the 20th century, now into the 21st, can be understood as this process of like. Uh, what was a like white working class becoming a sort of a petty bourgeois, like a sort of a like a a local gentry, as the working class itself became more and more like diverse, uh, and then in order to reinforce that sort of like newly found bourgeois stuff of like say owning a home after the GI Bill the way that you defended that as a white American was to do white supremacy and to become more like culturally reactionary. Um, and I think you can sort of, you can locate NASCAR within that as something that used to be something that was for poor people, mostly poor white people, but still not exclusively. And then uh, sort of became this like bastion of reaction and up to the point of, you know, fucking Reagan going. Yeah, I'll buy that. And I think that that's, that's, you know, we see that in the sort of tactical bros. Like, I like guns as much as the next person, but, you know, the the sort of Barbies for grown men with what they've done to the, my, my poor sweet child, the AR. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's the trappings. 
to people who are like, yeah, you know, I love Waffle House, but like they, it, it's that same shit as always where like, your average Trump voter, whoever, is a guy who fucking owns six Applebee's franchises. Not a yeah. guy, you know. Well, and it's it, it's tied to the rest of car culture in the United States, right? Like, hmm. car culture Which in the United super States. super reactionary. Well, and but the thing is, you, you look at it from the same kind of, you know, perspective. You know, look at American graffiti as a, as a cultural standpoint. You know, it was, it was supposed to be a bunch of teenagers souping up hot rods or whatever. And then hot rods became literally so expensive that you could only own one if you had a retirement fund and like several properties you rented. And that's what the boomers did with my sweet vans. Yeah, yeah and yes. tr- and trucks. And, and now trucks. we have the the massive like lifted crew cab trucks with tiny like, little tires. I can't get anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's it's Don't an expensive. We all drive, idiots. What I'm curious about is whether NASCAR conforms with the AR-15 or the the crew cab pickup truck and being something that purports to be authentic and cheap but is very expensive. Um, uh, races are pretty cheap, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, it's it's more expensive to participate as a team now, um, which is for part sure. of the whole reason for the next generation cars. They're trying to bring down average costs, but it's still pretty cost effective to go to races, um, especially if you're not like. Like I, I haven't tried to go to one in ages because you know I'm not trying to die of COVID, and the <laughs> audience that loves this does not like wearing masks. Just you know, I think that goes without saying. Um, but uh, but it, it wasn't too bad when I went to like the road course race. It was like I don't know thirty bucks general admission, and I got to watch racing huh. cars all day at a road course. Fucking well, awesome. That's what, that's what you know it sucks too about stuff like where you know like dirt track racing is <sighs> cool as hell. But the people who enjoy it make, you know, the, the let's go Brandon folks, essentially. You can just mm. say fuck. You can just say fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, as a, as a matter of fact, it's a bonus this, episode, like... so I can say it because I'm not going to get my mentions filled. Uh, fuck Joe Biden is the correct way that an adult says it. That's yes. right. It's uh, funny so... because, like, leftists will say it. I don't mm. get this country. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so, go ahead. So NASCAR has this like sort of like regional identity to it too, right? Like it's positioned a lot of the time as a southern thing, as a red state thing. Despite the and fact it, that there are races very much in the northeast. Yeah, yes. and as and as like a rural thing, right? Um, and therefore you get things like people bringing Confederate flags to races in states that were always part of the union right yeah but like yeah. here's the thing alice and i i feel bad because like i want you to come visit and i'm going to tell you basically never to come visit but <laughs> when i was on my trip through the u.s there was no correlation between whether a state was union or confederate and how many confederate flags i saw no, it's no, literally it's, it's like, just a shorthand you know that like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, like illinois is full of them the literal place that has land of lincoln on their license plate is full of confederate flags because it's literally just a shorthand for i'm a racist piece of shit and i feel safe saying it hmm. um i think i see fewer of them in the actual south than um than than in, in some rural parts of the Northern south, south. The, the south is a lot less white yeah is one thing yeah, exactly. well and the other thing too that i noticed is like the united states is a, like nascar is a really good uh sort of slice of the culture war because NASCAR itself, as an identity, as a company, as an organization, whatever you want to call it, is trying very hard to to broaden their base. They recognize that they cannot rely on the same, you know, Applebee's owners forever, and they really do need to bring in personalities like Bubba Watson and you know make a stand for LGBT people at their races, which they've done recently. Yeah, you know, they've tried to be inclusive and open. 
Um, but their fan base that's been around for you know the past 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, is very anti this. Kicking this is political to them. Yes. Literally anybody, you know, it's it's the it's the anything that isn't a white cishet man is political. That is a political identity. So yes. it, what happens with NASCAR and what happens a lot in the US is the strongest ideological conflicts, the, the, the times where people are the most violent about their conservative beliefs are when they feel like it is even mildly threatened. So like in the North, you see Confederate flags because there is some token opposition to that. There are people who are like, hey, maybe racism isn't good and they feel attacked by it. And so they have to more uh, forcefully signal their their ideology. Like the Central Valley of California is fucking terrifying oh, yeah. because mm. everyone is because they're surrounded by, you know, relatively blue areas and the whole state boats blue so they feel yeah, like they're, they're under siege by libs in yeah, the people's republic yeah. of california and yeah. so they they are absolutely much more open and much more forceful about signaling their political beliefs and nascar is kind of entering the same space like nascar banning the confederate flag probably got more people to bring confederate flags to races than were bringing them before because it's, and they it's about, it in 2020. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but it's about making a point for these people. It's like, right, no, exactly. this is mine. You, you know, I, I want to show off to the people who are trying to make this a more welcoming place that it's actually not. Like, I am. Yeah. I believe this should be a violent place, an exclusionary place, just for me. And NASCAR yeah, it, is a it perfect be a microcosm safe of it. Space, if you like. <laughs> yes. But uh, by, by the fact of you having a car in this race that says "Black Lives Matter" on the side, you are taking away something from me, which is my ability to enjoy uh, my belief that they don't in a sort of like unconfronted, untroubled way. Yes. Yeah. So I would say, and and NASCAR just happens to be the best way to showcase this because. You know, the sponsors are so visible, and like it has been primarily like a southern cultural thing for a while. And it triggers um, the libs. It's like it's cars, they're noisy, they go fast, there's a shit ton of emissions. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, I mean, it, 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 it is based and, and, and that good. does anger liberal people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Liberals <laughs> do hate things that are cool, <laughs> but also like for the like. Shorthand when they mean, and it's interesting because they mean the rural poor. Yeah. When they're absolutely. like a NASCAR watching, blah, blah, blah. Because there's nothing liberals hate more than poor people. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're, you're completely right. It's the same thing with, like, people who do these biopics on Trump supporters. Like, they just have economic anxiety and, you know, they, no, they, they flew on a private... The well, and they flew, to, they flew to January 6th on a private jet. You know, it's missing the yeah, point yeah. of who is really the most entrenched about this bullshit. Yeah, um, but it's a good way for those people who are entrenched and who do have a lot of resources to push people who are poor and who can be radicalized into this by being like, listen, they want to take away your ability to watch a car go fast. Yeah, and I like I don't know, I'm pretty far left. I if somebody tried to come for NASCAR, like, oh let's ban NASCAR, I'd be like, You don't have a United States then. This is the one cultural thing that we've ever developed that was worth keeping. NASCAR Nancy is Pelosi more important is than physically going to come to your house, take your guns, uh, and like, uh, and make you. She's going to break your TV so that you can only watch Ellen instead of NASCAR. Um, oh God! But we also have to talk about another American thing, which is next slide, please. Alongside the NFL, which Ugh. is. Uh, episode in itself. Uh, one thing that NASCAR I, I will loves. Write, I'll actually write that one. I'll write an NFL episode. 
is the troops. And the troops love NASCAR back because it's a great way to get free PR for a lot of people who are already very primed to like shows of patriotism and like aggressive masculinity and therefore you can spend a shit ton of money uh getting you know the the fucking blue angels to fly over or you know parachute some guys in and you know thank a bunch of people for their service or for that matter drive around in a car that says hey join the military on it and people do people do because it's it's like it's effective recruitment absolutely well and again if you want to really get into a class based um, discussion of this, like, there are still people who are, you know, I have friends who joined the military because it was the only way for them to go to college. Like, they, those people like NASCAR in the same way that, like, I did as a kid growing up in West Virginia. You know, it's, you're basically, you know, reaching out to people who, in some cases, are genuinely poor and don't have a way out and being Absolutely. like, hey, we have a way out. You just have to go, you know, be treated as an expendable resource for our colonialism for a decade. And then we'll maybe allow you to like get dental care into your thirties. Absolutely, absolutely, because it's cool. And speaking of that, I have another slide, my <laughs> last one that I wrote of stuff that like we can derive about the NASCAR fan base from what people want to market <laughs> to them. <laughs> and I, I've, I've uh, put these into general sort of categories, and you can sort of see the the theme here of like. Uh, disaffected and poor, disproportionately young men, and then disproportionately yeah. wealthy <laughs> older men. Yes. <laughs> and so you have scams, like joining the military on the one hand, but also stuff like Bitcoin. And the ultimate, the apotheosis of this, the Bitcoin, the novelty form of crypto based around the phrase, let's go Brandon. Which, which originated Brandon in NASCAR. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to talk about let's go Brandon? Mm, I really don't, but I will. Uh, it started because, I forget the guy's last name even, some guy named Brandon won a race, and everybody Reed, on I camera... I want to say, but I could be wrong. Everybody on camera during the Fox News interview where they're talking to him after the race was chanting, fuck Joe Biden. Uh, like adults, I should right. know. And uh, the reporter was like trying to cover for this and said they were saying, let's go, Brandon. And then the American right decided this was the funniest thing they'd ever heard in their entire lives. And yeah, basically, a second joke. And this was it. <laughs> yeah. And so now, like, now the guy who they were chanting for, whose career has been irreparably marred by association with this, it was trying to get the, the let's go, Brandon Bitcoin sponsorship on his car. Uh, NASCAR is still up in the air as to whether they're going to allow it. Initially, it was said it was approved. Now they're saying it's not. It doesn't matter. It's just it's one of those things where it's like the worst people in the world have already associated these two things. And so now, indelibly, like after a decade of boring racing, when no one watches and no one goes to events, all that a normal non-NASCAR brained person is going to think of when they think of NASCAR is, oh, yeah, they hate Joe Biden and they're... Mm. Insanely conservative reasons, yes, yeah. And what's really funny is that Brandon himself, Brandon, whose last name I don't remember, Brandon X, was initially <laughs> quite quite hesitant about this. Right? He was like, "I don't want to be associated with people saying fuck Joe Biden with my name." And then he, like, 
six months later, or not even six months, like two months later, he put out this this uh, announcement of delivery, and the video of it, it looks like someone has him at gunpoint. Yeah. It's, they probably, I mean, they basically do, because no one will sponsor this guy, because they don't want to be seen as associated with this cultural phenomena. And so the dude just wants a seat. He's a good driver. Like, he can't, you have to have a sponsor to race in NASCAR. It's just the, the mechanics of how this works. And so he's basically being held at gunpoint. It's like your career is going to be over because of a Fox News or a Fox Sports accidental take on what people were saying in the background after you won. And this is like the only way for him to continue to have a career. I still don't think he should have done it. But at the same time, like, I do pity him. This hmm. is a terrible situation to be stuck in. Well, also the fact that it's a cryptocurrency means that it's an obvious, uh, an obvious scam that's going to collapse within oh, yeah. you know, any amount of time. But like anybody yes. who gives them money deserves to have less money. The biggest, biggest downside true. of it is that they're not giving it directly to me first. <laughs> you, you can see this sort of generational divide though between uh, the special forces and Monster Energy on the one hand, and Viagra and Joe Biden Bitcoins Iraqi dinars on the other, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's not enough. That's not enough to sustain any sport. You need to get you know more people watching than just people who are going to try and join the special forces, fail and get you know put into like blanket stacking school, and uh, and people whose dicks don't work. <laughs> but that's the problem, isn't it? Oh, like, I really feel Alice. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem, though. Is like NASCAR has had a couple of initiatives in the past year or two to like reach out to queer people, um, and they talk about it. And it's like, cool. Do you think maybe I won't get hate crime going to one of your races? And the answer is always kind of like, Meh. LGBT <laughs> coin. <laughs> also, oh I, 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 oh, do wanna, I, Fuck, I do want to. I do want to talk so about. I do want to talk about the special forces car for one for one thing, which is a particularly evil facet of United States Army recruiting, uh, which is. So when you uh, when you join when you enlist in the U.S. military, you can specify an MOS, a military occupational specialty, that you want to try and do, and they don't guarantee you it. It's just it's a preference that you put down, right? Um, special Forces MOSs all start with eighteen, and it's eighteen and then a letter. And they added at some point during the War on Terror an MOS called eighteen X, which was uh, like. Special Forces aspirant or something, and the deal was, you enlisted, and they would send you straight out of basic training onto the Special Forces selection course, which you would inevitably fail. <laughs> like, absolutely, 100% of the time you would fail this, but the deal was they would give you the shot, right? Sure. Something that ordinarily you would have to, you know, you would apply for after spending such and such number of years in the military enlisted already. Uh, but you would just do that straight out of the gate. And then once you failed, although they phrased it as if, then they could just kind of like reassign you at their discretion. I'm sorry, Alice, this... I'm simply built different. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was this perfect feeder channel for a lot of like alienated young men who were like, yeah, I'm going to be a special forces army ranger. Uh, and who, of course, would not and were then just able to be put anywhere. So I think about that a lot, and I think about that as like an exemplar of of U.S. military recruitment, and they put it on a NASCAR as well. So that's very evil. Mm -hmm. And that's all the slides I had written, uh, Victoria. I believe you had one more. I did. I just wanted to end the note, uh, end the episode on a really dark and uh, unsettling note about nominative determinism. 
Hmm. So right, this, 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 this guy... guy's head is entirely square. Yeah, he's a very square-headed man, <laughs> yes. SpongeBob square. He's... <laughs> rendered on a PS1. <laughs> God damn it. He's half Roblox. <laughs> um, this was yeah. from the like high aerodynamic era of ears. <laughs> <laughs> well, he needed it because his car didn't have it. So if you'll notice, also <laughs> his car still has doors, so we can just definitively paint this as a Gen One car. That is a Ford Five Hundred Galaxy, I think. So like a sixty-four. Like this is right before the end of the Gen One, you know, strictly stock era, where you would basically, you know, have a dealer. You'd commission a guy to paint the dealer name on the side of the car. And then you'd go race around a track and hope you didn't die. Um, the reason that this man is of note is because uh, he was named, his name is Edward Roberts. He was nicknamed Fireball sometime in the 40s uh, for reasons hmm. that are unclear. But on May 24th, 1964, his oh, no. car crashed into the wall and ignited in a fireball and he died of his burns. NASCAR would, of course, not do anything about this. And they took like another half a decade to mandate fire retardant suits but just the the dark irony of somebody Jesus. being nicknamed fireball and then dying in one 20 years yeah. after they were given the nickname is you know it seemed call, on the, theme they for the show dale basilisk skull fracture <laughs> <laughs> oh god i can't oh, laugh at that one like yet that. it's too soon it's too soon. 9-11 is too they soon. Call me, they call me Colin Helicopter Crash McRae. It's, it's, see, that's the thing. Not, like, like uh, I made a joke about the uh, Mont Blanc uh, tunnel fire the other day, which happened in 1999. Hmm. Like, 50 people died, and it was like, yeah, this is probably okay to make a joke about. I can't make a joke about Dale Earnhardt. I don't know what it is. I don't know if that's Did weakness or strength. On TV? No. Yeah, it's called, it's called trauma. Yes. No. I, Women it, will literally record uh, an hour and a half long podcast about NASCAR instead of going to therapy for their unresolved Dale Earnhardt trauma. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I went to therapy yesterday. So. <laughs> the last time I tried going to therapy, and this is just a an aside about kind of the state of the U.S. Oh no, please. Um, I went to a therapist in Texas, in Houston, Texas, who was covered by my insurance at the time that I actually had. Which I don't anymore. I'm a writer. I think that's clear. <laughs> um, but uh, the the last therapist I went to told me that the problem that was wrong with me, the reason that I was so fucked up and sad or whatever, was because I was trans, and so I needed to see somebody who would make me not be trans. He basically referred me to conversion therapy, and that well, was the last so time good. I tried therapy. Yeah. Hmm. Can't what are you gonna do? What you gotta do is you gotta get the kind of therapy that doesn't work. Like not the kind like conversion <laughs> therapy where it's actively hostile to you, but also not the kind of therapy where you like seriously engage with your problems. What you gotta do is you gotta get the kind of therapy that the NHS gives you in the UK, which is like um a, a lady in a nice cardigan like hands you a, a printed out sheet that says, Have you tried mindfulness? and then you leave. Like <laughs> that shit is easy. I'm I'm like Number one bracket. I'm undefeated at that kind of therapy. The kind of therapy where I have to think and like talk about shit and get sad. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. No, this is, love it. 
No, no. Actually, like working on yourself and confronting your own mental health. Absolutely not. What you know? What's easy? Taking a look at a, a printout that has like two breathing exercises on it. Say, "I'll definitely do those." Put it in the trash on the way out and go home. That shit is so fucking easy. It's I mean, simple. It's beautiful. I love. Why it. do you think I became a writer? It's so I don't have to work on my personal problems. Exactly. <laughs> like this is my solution. Instead of going to therapy, I'll just make it. Every- Everyone else's problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have we learned about NASCAR in the last hour and a half? Better than F one. Yeah, I don't agree. I don't agree with you. Um, however, See, here's the thing: Do you aspire to go to an F one race? Um, I mean, no. Okay. Well, I'll take you to one NASCAR race, which we'll be able to do for like thirty five dollars. And then we'll True. eat like shitty hot dogs and watch V8 engine race cars rip around a track for like five hours straight. And you'll be like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I know, mm. Checkmate. Yeah. Checkmate, right, Britain. Fine. It's, it's, it's a date. Fine. If the, people, <laughs> if the people want more Victoria, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, and they shouldn't, but they can at uh, <laughs> Mikuru Beahina. I know. I, I made it because it, I was trying to make it so no one would find it back when I was an egg. And then I accidentally <laughs> transitioned and realized that that became my whole identity. And here I am with an unpronounceable username. Uh, and, uh, you know, I write for The Drive and Jalopnik and um, Car Bibles. And I take a lot of wherever, pictures. Wherever, and, wherever, wherever good blogs are sold. The other thing, too, I, I can. I can, yeah, I can actually hype this now. I have a book coming out later this year. Hopefully, I'm shooting for an October, November kind of release date. But um, the whole goal is kind of a, a trans femme oriented style and fashion lookbook with an automotive twist. Um, Hell so yes. I'm doing all the own, my own photography. I'm doing all my own writing. You know, I'm trying to do as many, as much diversity of style and and person as possible to kind of give this aspirational sort of you can be this too uh, sort of handbook. Ooh aesthetic goals for, for my community. So that's my, my hmm. big project for the year. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for subscribing yeah. to our Patreon. Uh, and we will be back with another mainline episode on We Don't Fucking Know What Yet. Yes. And, another, and another oh bonus episode on Question Mark. Question Mark, yes. I'll do I, the I, NFL. I actually, I actually do think you should do the Mont Blanc uh, tunnel disaster. That it's great. A regular it, episode, though. It, 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 has, it has been a minute since we've done a tunnel disaster, and those are always horrifying. The best part of it is that the whole fire was started by a truck full of margarine, which is the most French shit I can imagine. <laughs> uh, she drives the margarine in the tunnel. I've had six drinks of pastive already this morning. I mean, <laughs> Thanks right, for having me on. Right. I yeah. always have fun. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. I'm hungry. End it. Oh. All right. Bye, NASCAR. Everybody. Yes. NASCAR. <laughs>